The final frontier begins. This is about saving the future of humanity. This is a huge victory for the good guys. You've never seen Voyager. Commitment to this course of action is not emotional. Study! Beam us up. Welcome to another episode of Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. I am Brent Allen, and I've seen every episode of Star Trek 47 times. And I'm Matt Sonnenberg, and this is my first time through the series. And this is the show where we are on a mission to introduce people to the universe of Star Trek by watching the most important episodes that deal with the lore, the history, and the timeless message that is Star Trek. And if you've learned anything, take it from my man Worf, who will let you know, today is a good day to leave a review. Head over to podchaser.com, leave us a review for Beam Me Up. It'll take you two minutes. Seriously, it's easy to do. Simple. Anybody can do it. It's platform agnostic. You can do it on an iPhone. You can do it on Android. You can do it on your desktop. It's just a website. Podchaser.com. Go find us. We've gotten a few new reviews, Matt. I know. Super cool. I've been excited. Yeah. Super fun. So we'd love more new reviews. That being said, today's episode is the season four premiere of Star Trek Deep Space Nine entitled The Way of the Warrior, or as I like to call it, Making Klingons Bad Again. You know, Matt, Michael Dorn has his own AKA for this episode. Literally, this is from him. He goes, the Klingons had finally gone nuts, basically. (laughs) (laughs) In case you guys didn't watch this one first in this episode, a Klingon fleet commanded by General Martok arrives at the station to prepare for an attack on Cardassia, which prompts Sisko to to recruit Lieutenant Commander Worf to help deal with the Klingons as they try to prevent an Alpha Quadrant War. Matt, we're going to get into all things about Way of the Warrior, but I'm curious before we get into anything else, overarching thoughts as you watched this particular episode, and if you're not talking about Worf, then you're not talking about the right thing. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, um, honestly, I think Worf is the best part of this episode. And overall, I, I I don't know. You always play these like season openers to be a really big deal and everybody loves them type of thing. I I, I might go the other way on it. You might go the other way on it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll get into all of that. For me, I got to tell you, Matt, Cisco is bald, and that means everything is right with Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I, have, okay. I have often said when Cisco grows the goatee and shaves his head, that's when everything gets going with Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and we're finally there. That That is where we go. It's where the show, in my mind, begins its run for making a really strong case for being a favorite series for a lot of people, if not all, definitely not all. There are some people that get to the end and like, yeah, I don't really care for it that much. Totally cool if that's you. Uh, not you, Matt. I mean, people out there, you're going to sure. love this show by the time we're done with it. <laughs> I hope. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you're in that that other camp of people who are like, yeah, it's not my favorite. But this makes a show. It, 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 I do. I I, I got to tell you, Matt, when people start asking, like, how do you rank your series? Like, how, you know, favorite series mm-hmm. and stuff. I Deep Space Nine, I, I love it. And I, like, I, just, I don't know. I like all Star Trek. I really do. Like, yeah, and I, I, Deep Space Nine is definitely, definitely in that running for me with where you said you might be on the other side. I don't know, man. You're a I, on. I, I, <laughs> I'm not clinging on. Yeah. No. All right. Well, let, let's talk about that. But before we do, let's talk about a couple character actor spotlights that I just want to bring up real quick. I'm going to fly through these. Bob O'Reilly is back as old buggy eyed Gowron, a carryover from mm-hmm. Next Generation. Obviously, it's the same actor. He's it's the back only way I can tell which one he is. <laughs> I love the, the one moment where he talks. He's like, the Klingons do not forgive. And 
then he throws his head back and does the bug eye thing. Oh, forget. Uh-huh. Or he just, the Klingons do yes. not forget. Yes. Oh, forget. <laughs> it's so great when he does that. Uh, but yeah, he he is back. Obviously, it is the same actor uh, who has carried over. But I do have three new people who have joined the cast that I do want to mention and shout them out. One, Penny Johnson. Or Penny Johnson Gerald, I believe, is now her full name, uh-huh. is our oft-discussed Cassidy Yates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this I know her. Do you? I do. Do you know the actress? I you mean, recognize the actress. I, I don't know her personal life, but I, I recognize her from a few things. Yeah, okay. What are some of those few things? Because I have three listed down here that that I was going to shout her out from. What do you recognize? I, her as? I have two right off the bat that I know for sure. Okay. Um, have you actually gotten a chance to watch Castle yet? I have not, but she was in ninety three episodes of it. Yeah, she's yeah. a main part of that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then Castle, by the way, which stars Nathan Fillion, who also starred in Firefly, which you and I just did a whole thing mm -hmm, on Firefly that mm -hmm. our patrons can listen to way over there. If you want to check that out, patreon.com slash beam me up pod. And the other place I've seen her is oddly enough, also in space. I've seen her in the Orville. (gasps) You watch the Orville? Yeah. You've never told me this. Oh yeah. I've seen the Orville. You watch the Orville? <laughs> Matt, you, you you know the Orville is basically Seth MacFarlane's like fanfic of Star Trek, right? Yep. Like he's a huge Star Trek fan, and and like there was mm-hmm, no Trek on mm-hmm. TV, so he's like, I'm gonna make my own thing, but I can't call it Star Trek because I don't own it. So this is it. Yep. <laughs> like, and, and, and I mean, honestly, that's kind of why I watched it, it was because because of Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. So yeah, I oh man, the the Orville's great. It, it's I love the Orville. Season three is on its way. I'm so excited for it. Uh, the other one that I know, or actually, the place where I first got familiar with her was was because I've often mentioned I, I came to Trek after Deep Space Nine a little later in life, but I re- first met her as Sherry Palmer on the show 24. See, I never got into that oh, show. Such a good show. Such a good show. Such a good show. So that is our very own Cassidy Yates. Next up is a guy named J.G. Hertzler, who is in as General Martok, and we are going to see him back. He will be here for a while. He's a new one of those recurring characters that just randomly pops up in episodes. Yep. Like all the time. Because we didn't you blow know. him up in this one. Exactly. Uh, now, he has actually been around Trek. You've seen him before, Matt. Most recently that I can remember, he was in as the Vulcan captain of Cisco's ship all the way back in the pilot, you know, the one that got exploded and his wife died and all that kind of stuff. He was the Vulcan captain there. Now, Martok is J.G best known role in star trek and that is the one that he is often you know is that's when he goes to conventions it's general martok and then yeah. a couple other people but that is him he uh we'll talk about him more in the future but i just want to want to point him out there and then finally there's a guy named michael dorn who is joining the cast as lieutenant commander Worf. now i don't know if you know this or not matt but michael dorn actually played the same character a few times over on the next generation I'm not sure if you got oh. to see it or not. I know we skipped a bunch of episodes, but he was definitely there throughout Next Generation. And uh, a, little, it, a little, little bit familiar. Yeah, yeah. It just, I think it's nice that he finally gets on the DVD cover because he is joining the main, the main cast. <laughs> As a, you know, the other two are going to be recurring roles. His, his is going sure, to be sure. a main, a main spot. In case that wasn't clear. Um, uh, now, Matt, before we go, I, I told you last week they changed up the credits. They're, they're, they're going to do that. Obviously, the reason I didn't want you to watch at this particular time was because Michael Dorn's name is in the credits. Oh. And I didn't want to ruin that particular Got it. surprise. And it it is 
it is one of the things that um, a lot of a lot of people talk about. Like, why would you put his name in the credits for I this one you, outside man. of contractual reasons? It's except the for stupidest thing. Yeah, except for leading up to the show, like word had gotten like they used it as a promo that Michael Jorn was joining the cast of Deep Space Nine. Sure. So all of that was, you know, it was very well known before the show went out. So mm-hmm. they didn't really have a reason back then to keep it secret, and they're not going to change it just for now for binging purposes. No, you know? no, I wouldn't. Change change it for now i just yeah. especially people like me who are going to skip that intro right right especially like in it, such an awful intro mm-hmm. well watch next week's episode uh and watch the the intro and see if you like this some of the changes that they brought to it okay well matt uh with that okay you've got my mind churning about uh maybe you didn't like the show so much or the episode and i i'm not going to sit back and say this is the best episode ever but i do think that this is a this is a fantastic episode but i'm curious we're going to go through this let's talk about the a plot we'll talk about the b plot we'll talk about specific character moments and and plot points in there as we dive into some of those and of course if there's any other star trek messages or whatever you want to touch on talking about the way of the warrior but matt do do you have a specific place you want to start or or shall we just start at the top with the a plot of the show i think i like how we kind of did last week is touch on the character things first because otherwise they're gonna i'm gonna try to jump back and forth between them the whole episode so let's let's do the character moments what are what are some of the character moments that stood out to you that you want to talk about so yes like you said cisco went bald yes that the opening scene right yeah it's like like you see him and before he speaks i had that moment like i had last week when he was just shorter hair and the goatee and stuff Mm -hmm. i'm like is that cisco like he hasn't said anything yet i need to hear his voice <laughs> like, it was the same thing this week. I'm like, yeah. it's he's kind of off in the distance. I think that's him. Uh-huh. Hey, he's with Kira, so probably right. I mean, um, but yeah, yeah, he looks good. So he does I, look good, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he looks himself, and you know, so the I, I said a while ago, like when Cisco goes Hawk, and and the reason I said that's because Avery Brooks and the role that he played before Benjamin Cisco, he played in a show called Spencer for Hire. The character's name was Hawk, and then they he got his own spinoff series called hawk um or a man called hawk or something like that and this is the way that avery brooks prefers to look shaved bald head goatee like this is his his personal look when he went to to deep space nine they're like no no no, you got to shave the goatee grow out the hair because it's going to look too much like hawk and so he did that and and basically towards the end of season three he goes to the producers and he's like look i want to go back to the way i was because that's that's me that's who i am and it's Mm -hmm. he's just more comfortable i think he's a better actor like this for what i i don't know what psychologically is happening with avery confidence factor yeah it's all of that kind of stuff but he's just uh maybe he's more comfortable in the role at this point i don't know what it is everything's better about avery brooks when he shaves his head and he has the goatee and you know i i find it interesting they incrementally did it they just didn't mm-hmm. like drop it on us all all the way at once but uh yeah for sure this is this is the first time we're seeing him bald and and it's it's just the right look you know i go back and watch sure. the pilot these days and i'm like oh <laughs> He's just, he looks, I just don't like the way he looks. Yeah, now he looks awesome. All right, minor detail, and I'm not sure if I've just always overlooked it mm-hmm. or why it stood out this time. Kira's com badge okay. is not the same as everybody else's. No. It's always been that way? Yes. Okay. Because she's Bajoran. Her com badge well, is the same as Odo's. It, it, okay, I, I hadn't paid that close of attention, I guess. Yeah, because they're Bajoran. But like I, for yeah. whatever reason, when, when Cisco and Kira in the opening scene were standing right next to each other, mm-hmm. not only does she wear hers on the other side, like, is she left-handed? I, I don't I don't know why. Like, she, she wears it on the other side. Mm-hmm. But I distinctly noticed, like, hers is way different. I'm like, huh, okay, sure. Why not? I guess it can, it's just a... 
made from the replicator probably so they can make it look however they want there you go there you go yeah no it's it that's the bajoran communicator and that's why odo has that same one the sure. bajoran communicator although odo's is made of his own gooey body so mm-hmm. take that mm-hmm. for whatever it's worth but as we learned last week when you scan it it's going to come up as a as a uh-huh. as a, a, a communicator i gotcha but the other bajoran security people that we sometimes see in the background that's what they're mm-hmm. wearing as well fair enough yeah. so we finally got to meet yates yes and shortly after we meet her mm-hmm. like she she leaves mm-hmm. and then her ship gets attacked and then yes. later on they're talking about um how the klingons haven't attacked any i think they say like bajoran or federation ships yet correct and so that finally caught me it's like wait is yates not federation because mm. i mean when you think about it like i never see her mm. in a starfleet uniform so that's one thing but mm. she's a captain right Okay, so just to be clear about her job, she is the captain of a freighter ship. Of a freighter ship. Of a freighter okay. ship. So it's non-military. Um, I, I don't know if you'd call it, I guess it would be civilian, but it, I mean, it's a business. It's a commercial ship. Okay. Uh, think of it like a tanker, you know, the the one that just blocked the Suez Canal. Like, yes. <laughs> it's, it's kind of one of those. Uh, freight, I mean, isn't that what, what the Firefly ship was originally supposed to be? Like a, a freighter ship or something like yeah. that? Cargo ship? Yeah. yeah so that's, that's all it is. So she's not part of the military. She's not any of that. She's just the captain of a freighter ship which is why she's often off and running and she could be gone for months and months at a time because they're Mm -hmm. they're on a run um now she is a part of the federation but it is not a federation ship if that makes sense okay so like i was a little confused i'm like if she's not federation like how on earth did mm -hmm. she and cisco get together in the first place like where did they meet like it seems that seems even more odd i'm like that deserves a story i think but well, so, okay. So just, just to catch you up on that, cause a couple of episodes you missed, basically mm-hmm. Jake comes to his dad one day and says, Hey, I think you're ready to get back in the game. It's been a few years since mom's passed away. You're ready to get back into it. And there's this freighter captain who comes through the station from time to time. And I think you would like her. And Cisco's like, come on, Jake, don't do that to me. And all of a sudden like Dax chimes in and O'Brien chimes in and Kira chimes in and like everybody's chiming in and they're kind of pressuring trying to play matchmaker between, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cisco and, and Cassidy. And, and, you know, where we caught up with him in the last episode, he's like, okay, fine. We've been out like twice. And she goes, uh, you've been out three times. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, well, I do kind of like her. Like you guys were right. Okay, fine. I, I do like her. That's, that's kind of what that is. And now we actually meet her and we get to see their relationship. And oh my gosh, th- I mean, can we just talk about the chemistry between Avery Brooks and Penny Johnson between, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's palpable. Like they, they play this so well together yeah it works yeah i think they cast her perfectly perfectly so i I, i'm i'm a big fan of cassidy yates big big fan (laughs) all right um there there are a couple things here i think i'll either well i'll probably bring up later but one other kind of question that just was an outlier that didn't really come back too much Mm -hmm. and definitely didn't answer what it was for me and i didn't know if i'm we were supposed to know or not do we know what the i forget how they pronounced now because i thought it was funny the the the, like niberite alliance that warf kept saying he was going to join we we don't we have no No. idea what that is no okay that was just a random thing they threw out there fair enough that's all i need to know so moving into the main plot then 
well before before you get there i've got i've got a couple of moments that i want to make okay. sure we, we bring okay. up before we get there um i i don't i think i might have mentioned this to you at some point we see it on full display in this episode but if you don't know that's what it is you might have missed it i want to talk about chief o'brien and julian bashir and this bromance that these two have developing okay that they have going on all right bashir and o'brien are are have become like best friends mm-hmm. all right so you know like keiko's often off the the station off doing other stuff now yeah mostly because the actress isn't always around and she's a horrible character to write for so they keep her off as much as they can so so o'brien and bashir have really developed this full-on like bromance like they do hollow sweet stuff together they they, they go on all these wacky adventures they play darts against each other in 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 quirk's bar often like they actually set up like a dart board to, mm-hmm. to play darts which you saw the dart game in this episode yep of that and you know they're, they're drinking buddies they're bar buddies like you, you you see them all together in the bar so o'brien and bashir the bromance is is in high gear in full in full high gear uh going on here so um i don't know if you picked up on that at all but i just want to make sure i point it, that out i mean it, that happening. one feels feels more natural the one the one that i did actually want to ask you about uh-huh. is kira and dax right is that a thing? It is. Like, yeah, they're, they're it, girlfriends. They're, you know. Well, well, no, but I mean, like, I think that's the first time I've seen them hang out together alone. And, like, it felt weird. Like, <laughs> I, I don't see them together. Yeah, no, they're, they're, Dax is friends with everybody, first of all. But that, I could see that. She yeah. Is, she is friends with everybody. But, you know, the, the whole thing with her trying to get, um, I, I gotta tell I'm glad that Kira is incredibly uncomfortable in a hollow deck and like can't like she can't get out of the idea that Quark is on the other side of that door over there, regardless <laughs> of what I'm seeing. Cause like while I would like to think that I would be fully immersed in something, I think I might always be aware of that. And and mm-hmm. it would it would temper what I do in a hollow deck, I would think. I mean, I've always been surprised how often mm-hmm. And how easily I've met, like I mentioned that before, like you shouldn't be able to just barge into someone else's holodeck session. Right. Right. And we see it all the time. Right. Like it's one thing if like it, you're the captain, fine, you get access anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. But just like any old person, like Jake storming into, into uh, Nog's deal, Nog's thing mm-hmm. the other day. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. that's it's weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let, let let's get to the a plot. Let's talk about it. Uh, and of course, for this, what we're really talking about is the Klingons arriving at Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. to prepare for a preemptive attack or a preemptive force uh, to effectively get rid of the Dominion because they believe that they have infiltrated the Cardassian government and that causes Cisco to recruit Worf into the whole situation because the only one who can deal with a Klingon is a Klingon according to Curzon Dax and Worf who kind of like Cisco in the in the the pilot himself was like I don't really know if I want to be in Starfleet or not and tensions rise bad stuff happens Worf chooses the Federation over the Klingons and that makes him feel really bad they wind up you know preventing a war at this particular moment but you know the Empire never forgets or forgives and uh Worf decides to stay on and change his color to red and that's our that's really the main plot of introducing Worf into the cast of Deep Space Nine Matt yeah did and I mean since you mentioned the red already like yeah. did they just make up a job for him yes I mean it's not yes. like he was taking someone else's job no, or anything no completely created it just for him strategic like, yeah, operations officer yeah yeah right okay sure yeah. that sounds good <laughs> Have you never been in a job where they did that to be for people, Matt? Like the boss, the boss just wants this guy around. Mm -hmm. Create a position. I've heard stories, but yeah, yeah, I've never 
been in that position or even been working at a company when I saw something like that happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they they totally created that that position for him. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. And and just so you know, because I'm not sure where we're gonna see it along the way, but effectively what that's going to uh roll into is Worf is going to take command of the Defiant mm-hmm. is what that'll mean. So like that that'll allow Cisco to generally stay behind on the on the the station. It makes sense. I, I mean, that's why he had to get the red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he and he's moved into command division. Uh, he's not mm-hmm. just a commander anymore. Like he oh, yeah. can go on to become a captain. They, they made a point to that at the end. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. it, I, I forget who it was. If I, it might have been O'Brien because he knew Worf. Yeah. Said something about moving up to command. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about being in command. Yeah. Well, what he, what he said was, and it, it, this is actually a brilliant conversation, is O'Brien goes up to Worf and goes, hey, you look good in red. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you have to go all the way back to the pilot episode, Matt, of the next generation, which is where we first saw O'Brien and Worf on the bridge of the USS Enterprise. O'Brien was a helmsman. Worf was a junior uh, command officer, both wearing red. <laughs> they both were wearing red back then. Okay. Okay. So to hear O'Brien look back at him and go, Hey, you look good in red. <laughs> like, don't forget, they've both they've both been in red before. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember they, that. Yeah, they, they well. <laughs> <laughs> so Cardassians have sealed their borders. Mm. Or so is the rumor. That's the rumor. Lots of rumors. Unconfirmed. Lots of Klingons. Confirmed. Yeah, that's a lot of Klingons. A lot of Klingons. Lot <laughs> you should always Klingons. assume there's never just one Klingon ship. I think that's safe to assume, right? Please put that on a t-shirt, Matt. You should never assume <laughs> there's only one Klingon ship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, like, yeah, there's one Klingon ship. They're requesting to the dock, and then they want to talk to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Sure, you can come on our station. Bring all your friends. <laughs> oh, all 200 of them. Right, right. So for for that um, effect, where they had all the ships decloaking and then later on with the war and all the different ships and everything, the I, I just found this super interesting. The producers basically went the cheapest route possible and they went to every Hallmark store they could think of and they bought all the Star Trek ornaments they could from Hallmark stores. They went to the toy stores and bought all the little models and kits of starships and to all of these places. And that's how they built their their ships to explode and blow up and you know, have so many of them in the background. Yeah, so they wouldn't have to continually just build these like from scratch. Like they just stuck them in there and made it look okay. All right. Yeah. So you have a multi-million dollar production that's, you know, picking up $35 model kits to save some money. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to do what you got to do when you're on a budget. Hey, if all you're going to do is blow it up and it's a $35 kit over a $1,500 model. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say nowadays, thank goodness for computer graphics, but still you got to, like those aren't free. Right, right. Is it just me or does the Quark's overall demeanor throughout this episode feel a little off? What do you mean? Like he he feels very paranoid. Yeah. And like, does he have some kind of history with the Klingons that I don't know about or that I've forgotten? There was that time he got married to a Klingon woman. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. No, you skipped that episode. Um, Like, I mean, every every time, like that's the only thing I can think of is that why why he was off. I mean... you've got a crap ton of Klingons around. Like I get it from his perspective, Uh, you know, take the scene where he's, he's saying, Hey, you're quiet. It is in here. 
These are Klingons. It shouldn't be that quiet. Something's about to go down. I think just yeah. like his antenna were up, like mm, something's something's not right. Something's not right. And I think that's why he was, you know, probably acting yeah, the so, way he so, felt so I that, guess is it, he it, felt it, that tension himself. And then when he found out like what's going on, on. Yeah. Like that, I guess that made sense. They were trying to use him to send a message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like throughout the entire episode, I felt like he just was, he didn't feel like quirk and I can't quite put my finger on it. So yeah. I don't know. I find it interesting though. And I'm tempted to say I like it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel I shouldn't like it, but that this, the, the checking of the blood right. has become a, a regular thing. Yeah. And, and not just like, within the federation mm-hmm. like everybody seems to know about it now yeah and it's like this is how you check for shapeshifters so it has become common knowledge and it's like all right step into a meeting slice your hand open yep you know what that would do like if you had to keep continually slicing your hand open yeah to to draw some blood like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that's, that's well i mean it's diabetics right yeah they get a when they have to finger, keep though pricking themselves yeah yeah it, i mean it's a thing it happens mm-hmm. i you know what i'd rather just do pluck out a hair just throw that down look it's still hair well what about cisco continually well, i guess he has goatee now but yeah still not everybody has hair and not every species well that sucks for them <laughs> but i don't want to bleed every time i walk into a room just to prove that i am who i am it's crazy well yeah what really gets me though is that they just all like bleed on the table i'm like uh-huh. someone gonna clean that up that, that's the lower decks people <laughs> that's what that's what's going on with those guys yeah they're walking in with the with the 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 janitor cart going yeah they just have a list of where all the meetings took place that day like well we're gonna clean up blood here and here and here Mm -hmm. yeah okay so i think part of the reason i maybe don't like this episode as much is because it Mm -hmm. took too long to set things up i felt okay like for the longest time it's just like okay what's going on okay what's going on okay the klingons are angry the klingons are occupying the station basically and they're threatening odo they're Mm -hmm. beating up garrick Mm -hmm. like they're just doing what they want and it's like okay but what's going on Mm -hmm. i would agree with you that a lot of that could have been condensed there's a lot of this episode i don't know that it could have all the way been condensed into a single episode i think it could have I really it do. Might, it might. It like, might. I, yeah. I think I, that that's one of the main reasons I think I had trouble yeah. with this episode. Like yeah. it did not hold my attention. Interesting. Interesting. Because like, I mean, yeah. I, looking back at it, like overall, I like the idea of the plot and I like that they had to bring in Worf and I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, the Dominion has everybody messed up in the head yeah. thinking, second guessing themselves. They're seeing changelings uh, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and basically they, you know, they get to the point later on where it's like, well, this is exactly what Dominion wanted. And it's like, well, was it Dominion induced or is this just us messing with each other and messing with our heads and saying, well, we got to stop the Dominion, but the Dominion hasn't actually done anything yet. Right. Like they're just in your heads. And like all of that, it's like awesome. That That's cool. That's a good, an interesting concept. But there's just so much dead time mm-hmm. in this episode and so much like what's going on? What's going on? It's like, it's like the first half of this felt like they didn't know how to explain what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, if, if they told you you only had a 45 minute episode, you would have gotten it done. But someone told them, no, oh, no, no, don't worry. You got an hour and a half. Take your time. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't have that much content. Make it fill it. Right. We got two slots tonight. <laughs> like, 
um, it, it just, like I said, did not hold my attention. And like, I, I could sense there were parts where it's just like, Oh, no one's speaking, no one's speaking. Oh, we're just going to pan down the hallway five seconds, 10 seconds and cut to the next scene. Like what was the purpose of that? Mm. It, like it, it just, <clears throat> and I hate to be the re- that to be the reason that I don't like this episode. Mm-hmm. But I mean, think about it. Like, if this were a movie, if they tried to make this a movie, mm-hmm. it would not have been a good movie. I don't think. Do you look at it differently because it's a TV show? I, first of all, and I'll just, I'll just say this: in general, I think TV shows that get made into movies tend to not be good movies because they usually you just go. It just felt like a really long television, like a really long episode of the show. Sure, you, you know what I mean. Like, like I feel like when you have a TV show that gets turned into a movie, that's usually what you wind up saying. I'm like, ah, eh, it was just like a long episode of the show. Like, all right, cool. It wasn't anything like super great or wonderful about it that being said uh i didn't i didn't notice the pacing i actually thought this episode was was paced really well um and i thought that they had some space where they could dive into some things that they wouldn't necessarily be able to dive into and maybe it's some more of the b plot type stuff like i loved the kira and and uh Dax seen in the, in the hollow suite. Yeah. I, I thought it, I thought it just, it set some stuff up for later, particularly the part where they where Jadzia and Kira both meet Worf and they're coming out of the hollow suite, like all <laughs> dolled up and everything. Yep. Uh, I, I, it was hilarious. It's just hilarious. It was, it just set that up and gave us a new dimension to that particular uh, friendship and, and exploration. The conversation later between Garrick and, and um, Quark, where they're talking about root beer, mm-hmm. like that whole conversation, which was really funny on the surface, but also really laid into this, this subtext of like, we're not Federation people. We're living under Federation rule and we really don't like the Federation in many ways, but war is about to happen. And I'm really kind of hoping the Federation protects us like this, this sort of, I don't want to say duplicitous. That's not the right word, but this, this, like these competing ideas for, you know, whether or not you really like having the Federation around or not, you know, like like where you, where you really are. Like, like it it gave us space to have some of those. I loved, loved, loved the introduction of Worf. I always feel like whenever you bring in a, whenever you bring in a character from another series into your show, sometimes it feels like you're shoehorning them in, like you're just bringing them in for no apparent Mm -hmm. reason. And this felt natural. This one felt right. It felt very exactly. much within the flow and I loved them bringing in Worf. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that, yeah. that was the turning point for this episode of me, for mm-hmm. me was when they introduced Worf. I'm like, awesome. This is going to be good. Like it didn't even click when he said, mm-hmm. you know, only Klingons can control Klingons. Right. And I'm like, huh, wonder who, who, who he has in mind. Like it, it, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, it just did not click. Right. I'm like, let's, but let's see what happens. It's like, Oh, Worf. Yes. Yeah. That makes total sense. Right. And yeah, to bring it back on and it's like, awesome. Okay. Then, you know, I, I I got that little adrenaline burst and it's like, all right, Worf, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Because the the first like five, 10 minutes after Worf is there and he's going and doing his thing, like that held my attention to see like Worf on a mission and like independent contractor style. Like he, he didn't necessarily, I mean, yeah, he had Cisco to report to and stuff, but 
like when he was, they just let him f- free and said, Hey, we need you to handle the Klingons, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I, and to bring Worf in, I, this, this was, it, this was an interesting choice to me, Matt. When we first met Cisco, he didn't want to be a part of Starfleet anymore, but he was going to do this, fu- this assignment to the best of his ability. You remember him getting into Picard's face about it? You know, I'm, I'll do this to the best of my ability, but I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm about out. And he gets to the end and he finds purpose or he finds something. He's like, okay, fine. I'll stay. That's Worf's story in this particular episode, right? Like to me, that's the B plot of this episode is whether sure. or not Worf is going to stay in and starfleet or not and it mirrors well, yeah, that's, it mirrors cisco's whole thing yeah i mean cisco brings that up time and time again he does yeah yeah so um yeah there, there's all that the space battles i mean okay first of all i've started watching these episodes on paramount plus okay and i know not a lot of people i know not a lot of people have paramount plus and and things like that the i have never seen deep space nine in such high quality yeah. like it looks amazing i bring that up to say talking about the space battles and stuff we saw in this particular episode and, and the way they had some of these ships looked amazing like i i really loved the effects and where they were going with with um you know uh so many of these aspects but to the the other thing i liked about this episode and as a as a longtime trekkie like this one really gets me is all of the references they made back to next generation like did you pull a bunch of those references that they kept talking about such as well he's like he's like i get you know i when gowron's talking to to wharf he's like i defended you and i gave your family a seat on honor when you guys oh sure sure yeah whatever like there's the point when o'brien and wharf are talking he's like hey do you remember that time we rescued captain picard from the borg yeah that was kind of cool wasn't it yeah (laughs) except for all those times the holodecks didn't work and remember all those holodeck episodes where holodeck goes bad and you you know just just little references like that back and forth all the time like i i don't know i kind of enjoyed a lot of seeing a lot of those so uh yeah yeah i would i wouldn't say that this was like a huge event episode outside of the introduction of Worf. Like that, that's the big thing about this episode, right? Is Worf's now part of the crew. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Everything else just sort of got us there, but we're, we're now in this along with the dominion and all of that stuff. Now the Klingons are bad guys again. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so yes, Worf joins the crew. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh, the dominion is playing with everybody's head, whether they intended it that way or not. Mm-hmm. I think that's fairly important. I hope it is. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Klingons are bad again. They withdrew from the Kidamar Accords. Yeah. Like, like this is a whole big thing. And I, I have a feeling, yeah, this is going to play out probably the next, is it four, four years we have left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see them making another treaty with the with the Klingons right like, right they're, they're gonna be get bad guys from now on yeah and that was I mean that was a big part of when they when they started doing that. so let me give you a little history moving into this as far as what what's going on behind the scenes you remember last week at the the season three finale where I was like hey they had this plan for to do like a two-parter episode but then the studio nixed it and said don't do a two-parter episode well they also were suffering from some falling ratings and they said you have to do something to shake up the show that was what the studio mandated the producers do do something find something to shake up the show and so they you know the the producers had a plan for where they were going to go and what they were going to do and i'm not i I can't say what it is right now because they do get back to it it's yet to come it's still to come though right like they they all of their plan comes out on screen and and it, it works magnificently but it just sort of gets pushed on pause 
for a while, right? And they're like, okay, well, what do we do? Matt, do you remember the episode we did? Uh, it was the two-parter in Probable Cause and the Dias cast where the Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order team up to go over to the Changeling homeworld and try to blow them all up. But turns out it was all a ruse and and those two organizations and got, they got blowed, blowed up. up. They got yep. blowed up real good, right? Yeah, they, I mean, they brought that back, said, oh yeah, the Obsidian Order ever since they've been destroyed. Right, right. But there was a line. There was a single line in that episode where they basically, they're like, look, taking out the Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order, that only leaves the Klingons and the Federation as the threat for the Alpha Quadrant. If you can eliminate sure. those two, then Alpha Quadrant's easy. That was ringing in Iris Stephen Bear's head, was that line. And he's like, well, so what if we could make the Klingons bad again and we take them back to being the antagonist? Remember in the original series, they were the antagonist. Sure. They were the bad guys. What if we put them back to being the bad guys again and and have them be have them be that? And everybody loved it. Like even Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn was like, yes, the Klingons are supposed to be bad. That's who they're like. That's that's what they were designed to be. That's who they are. Let them be bad because them trying to be good. Really, at that point, you're just talking about politics and honor. That's all you got because they can't just be bad, you know? Yeah. So they they love that. And they so Iris Stephen Bear pitched it to Berman. Berman was like, that's cool. Hey, what if we bring in Worf and add, like, that was just his idea. It was a part of the, like, it was a, you know, a, a thing from there. Well, they took it to the studio. The studio was like, that's cool. Bring in Worf, add a guy. You know what they didn't make them do was get rid of somebody. Because a lot of times in an mm -hmm. ensemble show, they want to keep it at a certain number. You only have a budget for a certain number. They just let them add Michael Dorn into the show. Well, of course, Michael Dorn's going to bring over all the TNG guys. Yeah. You know, and he hasn't, they, we've not seen him since the Enterprise got blown up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> got blown up real good too. Um, so obviously that brought in a lot of new people. There's a familiar face. There's Michael Dorn and the, bad, the Klingons are bad you guys. You know, Brian didn't bring all those people over. Well, you know what it was because was he had Keiko and nobody liked Keiko. No, that's not true. Uh, yes, it is. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so that, that's that's really the background of like why they did it. And now that the Klingons are bad again, like they have all of this stuff to now explore and figure out what does this mean and how does this work in relation with the plan for the Dominion and what's going to happen with the Dominion, where they're going to go with that. Yeah. So that's where they are right now as a production crew uh, to to eventually get to that spot. And that's what they got. That's what they got to figure out. I, I really liked what um, Robert Hewitt Wolf uh, and we've talked about him before. He's one of the, the main writers on the show talking about the introduction of Worf. He says this. He says, in the beginning, it was difficult. I got to be honest with you to integrate this new character. But that was good because it challenged us and it sort of made us re-examine the show in a whole new light. How do we make this guy work? How do we bring him in? How does it change the relationships for all of our characters? He stirred the whole thing up again and gave the whole show a sort of second phase. Suddenly there's Worf and we've got to deal with him and his issues. And then there's the Klingons everywhere. And that brought a whole new flavor to play with. So, I, you know, I, I like that they embraced, they didn't just feel pressured by the studio to do something, but they actually embraced this and brought it in. And it does present a challenge, but it's one that they're happy to, to go meet, I guess is, is the right word. So sure. Yeah. So, so Worf's in. Yeah. I, and I, I think something I didn't really cover before, but like besides them, well, I guess they kind of gave them a similar backstory, but Cisco and Worf, their interactions, I, I, I like how they interact already. And so okay. knowing that that's going to continue to be a thing mm -hmm. because they're both going to be together a lot. I mean, they're both command officers, so we should see more of that somewhere along the line. But I, I really do 
appreciate that that relationship already mm-hmm. all right matt did you have anything else you want to talk about so you know how occasionally I, during the episodes i try to kind of guess what's going on mm-hmm. well this entire episode they were sell, trying to tell us trying to sell us on the founders have infiltrated the they're taking over the cardassians so we, we must go stop them mm-hmm. towards the end when we got to the point where okay they're they're all over there doing their thing klingon they're attacking um and then a single klingon ship comes back to ds9 mm-hmm. they say they have gowron on board and they mm-hmm. want to talk to Worf. my mind went places and it jumped to wait a minute what if they have us all backwards and they're trying to convince us that the Cardassians are the founders or have been taken over by the founders, but it's actually the Klingons who have been taken over by the founders. Mm. And on this ship, that's not Gowron. That's one of the founders. And so he wants to take Worf and I'm like, but like just, I I had all Mm. these red flags going up. I'm like, no, Worf should not go on that ship. Worf should not go on Mm -hmm. that ship. But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. So I thought that would have been a nice twist, though. Like, they kind of set it up. It's like, you know, someone has been taken over by the founders, Mm -hmm. but it's not who you think it is. Mm. Well, let's let's talk about the Cardassian people, though, for just a moment. And specifically, I want to talk about Goldukat, though. Speaking Mm -hmm. of people gotten taken over by the founders. Um, by the way, they, they, they didn't, at least not the people that we saw. Yeah. Right. But I do want to talk about Gold Ducat because this is an important piece to his character development as the show goes forward that you, you need to know is, you know, he was the commander of the station back during the Bajoran occupation, mm-hmm. right? He gets deposed. Gold Ducat is like, he's powerless now and he's doing anything he can to be in power yeah. or to gain some sort of favor or to whatever. And even here, like Cisco is like, basically you smelled which way the wind was blowing and you change sides uh-huh. the uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. basically yeah he went where the wind blew him yeah it's like okay sure yeah yeah, yeah. so but that's a big thing about gold Ducat that, that you just need to know he is he's going to go with whatever suits him and and puts him personally back in power he's always looking for new opportunities and go where the little road leads him yes yes so uh so that's a thing um oh what oh can i go talk about one moment that has nothing to do with gold Ducat that i, I well, actually does have a lot to do with gold Ducat <laughs> that i absolutely loved when they're sitting there and they're debating like okay we're the we're allies of the klingons we can't go tell the cardassians what's up because that would be betraying them we don't have to mm-hmm. join them we don't have to like it but we're not going to betray them yeah but we kind of have to let them know what's getting ready to come because they have no idea oh and was this we need a third option yeah they need a third option all of a sudden like uh mr garrick please come take my measurements <laughs> while i sit here and discuss this whole thing in front During of you the senior staff meeting right Jensi is just sitting on the on the it's like the yes take my measurements mm-hmm. i already have your measurements sir take my take- measurements again <laughs> right i've lost some weight in the waist please <laughs> and and it's just over there broody it was just, it, it was a brilliant moment yeah and, and, and like i loved the plan they came up with yeah and i i i loved how it was played off by everybody too because everybody kind of played their part you could tell like okay dax was all in on it she did her thing but then they got to wharf like they, they had you could tell they planned this out ahead of time it's like and then you're gonna say this and then you're gonna say this and you're gonna say this and and it got to wharf sign and there's like this awkward pause and it's like oh um yes and then we blah 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 <laughs> and i'm like yeah but we, they, they had to push wharf into that a little bit you know uh-huh. this is not honorable 
Right, right. So I love that moment. Love that moment. And then I guess the only other thing that I have here, just to, to point out that they reiterated in this episode, so I want to make sure that I bring it up here, is Jadzia knows her Klingon. As you know? does Garrick. And as the, and I'm not just talking language. I'm just talking Klingon people. But yes, but definitely yes, the language yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, Garrick knows the language. That was one thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, Dax, I mean, it's one of the reasons I love her. Mm-hmm. Is that she has such a long history and knowledge of so many different things because she's like typically i guess i i've kind of always given this role to odo so far mm-hmm. like the the spock type of role because he's all logical mm-hmm. but jedzia or dax i should say it really takes on the kind of data role in i have all the knowledge in the world mm-hmm. because i mean well data was a machine but uh dax is seven people in one or eight people in one mm-hmm. <laughs> like just so much knowledge there and I, I i love that it's not weird that she knows all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah and they've and they've certainly set it up before this episode uh you know with blood oath where the three Klingon people came in and Curzon and and all that sort of stuff so yeah uh, i and i i still love that that cisco gets away with calling her old man all the time right well, she gets away with calling him Benjamin all the time, too. Fair enough. Even here's the thing. This is what gets me. I don't mind her calling him Benjamin when it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. She's on the bridge of the ship mm-hmm. of the def- yeah, maybe even in ops. OK, fine, maybe. But on the bridge of the ship, Benjamin, the cloak isn't responding. Uh-huh. Mm, no, like, Benjamin captain. does not exist. Yeah, it, it, it's captain in that moment. Yeah. But, you know, if there's anything we're learning more and more and more about Cisco is he doesn't stand on form and formality as much as a no. lot of other Starfleet uh, officers that we have come to know and love over the years, especially captains. Yeah. 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 So anyway, well, Matt, that, that's all I had on, on this episode. Did you have anything else? No, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Oh, 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 oh one more note that, it, and this, this wasn't anything that was really specifically clear. Um, it would only be noted if you knew who, what it was before and then noted it in this particular episode, particularly in the opening credits, which you skipped. <laughs> Julian and Jadzia during the off season at some point got a, got a promotion. Yeah. Julian is now a full Lieutenant and Jadzia is now a Lieutenant commander. Interesting. And part of how they changed the opening credits was they moved all the names to being in alphabetical order. Okay. So that's how they come up as an alphabetical order, which, which shifted some of those. And, um, the, the guy who plays, julian for the first three seasons he changed his name like like his, his like name in real life well his his actor's name i guess oh, like okay. his name is sadig el fadil but for for whatever purpose he changed it to alexander sadig so he just took his first name or family name i got i'm not sure which one's how that works but and he's like he just pulled alexander out of a hat out of a hat okay but it's just you know uh he has his own reasons he, he'll explain that and we can talk about that later but sure, anyway, sure. Uh, but that is a change that happened between the two the two seasons so Okay, I I do yeah. have one other quick question oh, okay. that I thought of. Yeah. So I I know I I harp on the combat and how they work on it and stuff all the time, but I got really confused mm-hmm. when they beam Ducat onto the ship. Okay, and he starts replying to Cisco. Mm. There was one where like 
Cisco talks down to the transport room and like, I think it was just in kind of in general to, to the transport room. Mm-hmm. And like, he replies, it's like, yeah, I'm on the ship or whatever, but we still have a bunch of people to go. Right. And then shortly after that though, like, like that'd be okay. If it's just like, okay, you, you turned on the speaker in that room, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then later Ducat says Ducat to Cisco. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can do that. Anybody can do that. You don't mm-hmm. need a badge. Like you don't need permissions or like, you're not a member of this crew. Right. Like that, that's, that's the one that really got me then. I'm like, yeah. How on earth are you controlling yeah. the, the the station or their ship? Or I guess they would win the ship at that time mm-hmm. when they were being rescued. Yeah. I, that seemed off to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing I could say is, is try not to break your brain over figuring out how those, uh, those systems work and when it's the com badge versus when it's the ship's communication system. Yeah. You, know, that you just, you know, you can speak to Alexa and mm-hmm. oh gosh, now mine's going to go off. Uh, but, but you know, you could, you could just speak to her and, and then all of a sudden it communicates and anybody in the room can do that versus when you actually physically need the com badge. Uh, yeah. You know, like, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the difference between like w- when I came down to your house, my uh-huh. wife was thrilled that your Alexa would listen to her uh-huh. because she always tries to make Siri on my phone listen and uh-huh. she won't, right. <laughs> not won't listen to her. So yeah, I, I get that. But um, I guess the only other final unrelated note, mm-hmm. I could listen to Cisco say battle stations all day oh yeah 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 cisco cisco's cisco's got a great voice um and and the thing is he's always had it it just now it fits him you know sure and things are things are a lot heavier now actually i think than they were back then so it 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 fits the situation in many ways as well so yeah all right matt well i'll i'll boil it down for you did you like this episode do you like it now better after talking about it or are you still kind of meh on it was this one you want to watch again do you understand why it's part of our run i mean i understand why it's part of the run i mean it, it, it makes a lot of sense there, there we've talked about there are things going on uh obviously with the klingons and also bringing in wharf like it, it it all makes sense in the long run since that's all gonna continue on but i i don't know man i i still i'm still not really feeling this episode and just knowing how like coming kind of fresh off of it just watching it today like mm-hmm. i don't want to sit down and watch it again like i'll probably give it another shot somewhere down the line sure but not anytime soon i'm not sitting down and watch this Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Matt, with that, would you like to know what our next episode is? That would be useful. All right, well, we are going to stick with Deep Space Nine for a little bit, and we're actually moving on to the very next episode called The Visitor. I'm not going to say anything else about it now. I'm going to let you watch it and find out what's going on with The Visitor, but we will be watching The Visitor. Matt, I mentioned the credits changing. Please feel free to watch the credits on this one okay. if you if you so desire. If you don't, then that's I'll, okay, too. I'll, but... I'll watch it once for you, but I'm <laughs> for telling the sake you, of the show. I... If if they haven't changed much besides like the name, the the order of the names and such, like eh, mm. I, I don't think I'm gonna dig it very much. It's it's okay. I, it's I think right. it really needs a new song. Is what it needs. I I don't know that they get a new song, but the song does get an update. Okay. There is an update with the music. So anyway, uh, with that, obviously, Matt, there are no um, extra viewings moving into this particular week because we're you know going to the very next episode Mm -hmm. and that's going to do it for us this week on beam me up a star trek podcast guys please remember go leave us reviews at pod chaser 
or all those other places where you can leave us reviews. You can find details about that at beamyuppod.com. Matt, where can the folks find you if they want to ask you, why is it you don't like this episode? <laughs> you can find me over on Instagram or Twitter at as a matter of Matt. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Brent Allen Live across all the social medias. We'd love to connect with you there as well, too. Until next time, folks, live long and prosper. Thank you.